Today's show is pre-recorded. Like a million bucks, bucks, things in its cups. Mm-hmm. Y'all tell me who could it be for Steve Harvey? Oh, yeah. I sure will. Good morning, everybody. You are listening to The Voice. Come on, dig me now. One and only Steve Harvey. Oh, man, got a radio show. Man, got a radio show and a whole lot more, too, man. God is good to me. I have no other explanation. I have no other explanation of my existence and where I stand in this thing called life, except if it was not for the goodness of God Almighty, if it was not for his grace and his mercy, there's no way I could exist the way that I do. I would not be who I am or where I am. I am who I am and where I am simply because God is who he is. If it was not for God, I would have no testimony for you because I would have failed every single test. Plain, pure, and simple. I can sit here today and tell you flat out that it is purely because of God's grace and mercy that I exist today because of his favor. See, now, he he shows us favor in life because of a, a combination of things I've discovered. And this is not the whole answer to life. Um, I can assure you it's not. But this is a combination that I've grown to understand better and better. And I wish I had gotten it earlier in my life. But here it is. If you take faith and you combine it with an incredible work ethic, then God has the greatest opportunities to show you favor. That's the best way I can explain success to you from my standpoint. 
It is the combination of faith and work that produces the most opportunities for God to show you favor. See, a lot of times we want God to bless us, but we ain't doing nothing for him to bless. So now we sideways in the equation a little bit. But see, if you had the faith in God that God can do anything but fail, that God will get you through, that God will see you through, that the God is the God you serve is the greatest giver of all good things. If you kept that faith intact through it all and you produced an incredible work ethic, that allows the most opportunities for God to show you favor. See, w- without that, what you want God to do? See, you can have faith and be sitting at the house watching TV. There's nothing being produced, no opportunities for God to show you favor. And you got to do some things, man, that you are uncomfortable doing or don't feel like doing or something that don't have the right payoff right in front of your face with the faith that it'll pay off later on. See, too many people are working for the right now reward. And the right now reward is not how it works. Sometimes the reward is coming later on up the road. But the only way you can know that is if you got to you got to apply the faith. And see, the reason you don't know that, that it's coming like that, or you have to have faith to believe that it's coming, because faith is the belief in things that you cannot see. That's what faith is. You know, you standing at, let me give you an example. You standing at the crosswalk with, with a walk sign on it and the, and the sign flashing on the corner, don't walk. Then the, the signs say, walk. What do you think your chances of making it across that street is? Well, pretty good. Because guess what? The signs say walk. You can see the other side. There's other people in the crosswalk walking. So guess what? You strike out blindly. It don't take a lot of faith to get across that street. That's, that's, that's not what I'm talking to you about. I'm talking about the faith, the belief in things that you cannot see. The faith that what I'm doing today, I believe in my heart of heart that God wouldn't bring me this far to leave me, that God is a true and living God, that he keeps his promises, that later on, these things that I'm working towards right now going to pay off later on. See, too many people want the reward right now. See, that's not the exhibition of faith. If it's the right thing to do, if it's, if it's a good thing to do, if it's a just thing to do, see, if it's sin in it, it ain't God. You can just clear it on up right there. You can stop all the wondering if that's his voice talking to you, if it's the right thing to do. If it's sin in it, it's not God talking to you. Kill it. You, you, you can shut it down. You ain't got to wonder about it. Go down there and seek revenge. That ain't God. Go tell him off when you see him. That ain't God. Anything that's got sin in it is not God's voice telling you to do it. So you can, you can kill that conversation today. That's how you know. But if you align yourself up, man, and you and what you're doing is just and right and correct and pleasing in the sight of God, it'll pay off for you later on. And see, uh, here's, 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 here's the best way I can tell it to you. Here's another way. When you're going somewhere, when you're, when you're on the road to going somewhere, and you know the somewhere that you're trying to get to, 
let's say you've set a goal or a vision for yourself. You know where you want to get to. You got a got a good idea. And you own your way to going there. Listen to me. When it gets hard, and it is going to get hard, when it gets difficult, and it is going to get difficult, when it becomes challenging, and it is going to become challenging, when it becomes all three of those things, when it don't look like it's going to happen, don't stop and complain so much. But see, I know he done blessed me, but in the middle of it, man, I, I felt a little heavy. And you got to be careful when it get hard for you because you'll find yourself complaining. And when you complain and see, what you can't do is you can't complain so much that you forget that the place that you're trying to go to, you actually on your way there still. See, don't get caught up in the complaining and then lose sight of your blessing that's actually happening to you. What? Really, man, of, of all the times to register a complaint to God, to sit up and go, hey, man, I, 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 didn't, I wanted to ease back into this thing. Ease back in. Man, you in. It's, it's a tornado whirling around you. You ain't got time to ease back in. You got to go on and jump back in it. It is what it is. To whom much is given, much is required. Always appreciate the blessings. Don't get so caught up in the complaints that you lose sight of the blessings, man. God got a lot for you in your life, man. But you got to have them two things, y'all. You got to take that faith and you got to apply a, a, a crazy work ethic to it. And that creates the most opportunities for God to show you favor. And when God starts showing you favor, man, all them seeds you planted, all of that, all of that wheat you've been sowing, all of that hard work you've been put in, God will pay it off. And he'll pay it off in ways that you don't even see coming. Okay? Cool. You're listening to the Steve Harvey Morning Show. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your undivided attention, please? This is the beginning of the Steve Harvey Morning Show. Begins now. Shirley Strawberry. Good morning, Steve. Carla Happy Ferrell. Friday. All right. Good morning. Kiss Bates. Who well, uh, Nephew Tommy. In the building. Steve Harvey, hello. <laughs> hello. We all here. jumped on top of everybody's intro. Yes, you did. Including myself. Yes, so anybody got to feel bad by nothing. Mm-hmm. Everybody good? Ready for the weekend? Yes. Yeah. Oh, How about you? How you feel? I'm actually going to have a weekend this weekend. Which oh, I'm good. Steve. I'm working hard. Thank you, God. I do appreciate it. Well, we have Thanks. to say congratulations to you. Facebook, see, yeah. Facebook Watch, Steve on Watch. Go Season ahead, two. two. You congratulations, back up in the sir. building. Yeah. Back up in the building. Go ahead, boy. Yeah. I love your Facebook show. Too. Praise you. Praise him. Mm-hmm. All the time. Hallelujah. In a pandemic. <laughs> Boy, That's because he oh, is in control. Revenue, baby. Big yeah. H. Oh. He is in control. Think about it. Boy. God been good to me. <laughs> I like the foof, foof. <laughs> he been good to me, man. I, I can't even. I don't know what to say. Amen. It's hard to explain how good thank he is you, to Lord. me. Thank you, Lord. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. You ever just got on your knees and just thanked him? Yes, Didn't sir. Didn't ask yes, for yes, nothing. Sir. Yes, But sir. just yes. went down. I did that the other night. I felt so good. I just thanked him. Yes. For who he mm-hmm. is. Yes. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah, I didn't yes. thank him for who he was. I just thanked him for everything he done for me, <laughs> which was <Okay>. like unthinkable. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, some mm-hmm. of the holes he didn't got me out of. Ooh, you scared mm-hmm. me right there. Ooh, I done dug some <laughs> holes, boy. You don't understand. You, 
what he done done for me. You really don't know <laughs> situations I done been in that he done just came and just snatched me. Uh-huh. Get your stupid behind over here. <laughs> Sit down somewhere. We've all done some crazy, crazy things, Steve. I don't know if any of you all have done the crazy stuff I've done. I don't know that. No, you I'm, probably are right about that. I'm going to go out on a limb and just say I'm pretty <laughs> much. Tell us something you yeah. can tell us on the air that you've done that's really crazy. Okay, ask me about a situation and I'll tell you if I've done something. Uh, okay, have you ever been caught? This is way... Oh, hell you know, yeah, hell yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> she just the fact you've been caught. Hell yeah. I mean, like, go did ahead, you have don't. to jump out of the window yeah. or so? How did you get away? Oh, I dated an older woman mm-hmm. when I was in high school. Okay. And uh, went by our house, and yeah. I was not prepared for this woman at all. She was 26. I was 17. Oh, and she put on a negligee and went in the room. And then I was sitting on the couch, didn't know what the hell to do, really. And the key went in the door, and a man walked in, and he said, Hey, little brother, what's going on? I said, uh-huh. hi. And then he went in there, and they had an argument. He said, well, I go out here and see myself. Well, there ain't going to be nothing out here for you to see when you bring your ass out there back, because my ass is gone. <laughs> I jumped down steps and did not touch nothing but the landing. I, my foot never touched the step. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, you're right then, Steve. You win. Coming up in 32 minutes after the hour, ask the CLO, the CLO, Chief Love Officer Steve Harvey in the building right after this. You're listening to the Steve Harvey Morning Show. All right. Uh, time now for Ask the CLO. But before we get into the CLO, don't forget, coming up at the top of the hour, our very special guest, family member, the Reverend Al Sharpton. Sharpton is going to talk about the March on Washington, the 57th anniversary. Uh, we'll talk about that coming up. All right. You don't want to miss it. All right. CLO, Chief Love Officer I'm Steve right Harvey. You ready? Go. Let's go. This one is from Beanie in Nashville. Beanie says, I'm a 36-year-old bachelor with no children. I've been dating a little here uh, and a little there, but women seem to be in to what, what a man can do for them financially, and uh, they lose sight of dating for the purpose of getting married. I had a relationship for a year with a woman, and if I wasn't shelling out money for something for her, she was pouting and saying I didn't care care about her. I don't have a lot of money to splurge like that, but I don't mind taking care of my girlfriend and wife someday. How can a regular man win like this? Come on, baby. Come oh, on, man. No, no, no. Stop crying, dog. Stop. Come on, man. Regular men win all the time. How does a regular man win? By being an exceptional regular man. That's how you win. See, you 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 done bought into the buying thing because you 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 sitting up here allowing that to be the case. What you gotta do, you gotta kill them with kindness. You gotta be a better gentleman, be a bigger, a bigger, a, a, a bigger conversationalist. You gotta provide a lot of stuff that women can't get from other dudes, man. Anybody can buy somebody something. That ain't the problem, Beanie Man. You don't you you gotta put some more work in. Work. Relationships is work. And you got to be a better, you got to, your, your, your picker sound like it could be off too now a little bit. Your what? You know, your picker. Oh, how he picks women? Yeah, you oh. know, dog, why don't you get into some more conversations before you get into these relationships, before you go have to buy somebody a damn swimming pool. 
<laughs> the ass already ain't got that much money. That's what you said. Uh-huh. So why don't you get into some conversations before you get into the relationships? Mm-hmm. That's your problem. You mm-hmm. diving in head first, whining and dying and taking people's stuff. And then now how you start is how you finish. Yeah. You can't get you can't change horses in the middle of the stream, dog. So out of his mm. league, are you saying? Is he dating? I no no no. You're supposed to marry up. Yeah, you should marry up. But dog, you gotta come in here with some, you know, this is I this how I take care of a woman. You want this? Or you want that. Okay. And if she expects you to come in and buy her a life, then, you know, we got a little problem. Mm-hmm. Thank right. you. Thank you, Ciela. It's great advice, Steve Hunt. <laughs> yes, it is. All right, Paula. Paula, what Paula in, in Tampa hey, says, Paula in Tampa says, I'm a 59-year-old woman, and I was dating a 70-year-old gentleman that my daughter introduced me to. We hit it off, and everything was fine, but we've never had sex. He always says that there was no rush, my daughters and I are very close, and my youngest was in town, so I told her about my new man. She said her older sister secretly dated him, and it was disgusting for her to hook, uh, hook me up with him. My daughter denied it. He said he begged my daughter to hook us up, and nothing indecent happened with her. I don't know who to believe. Why would my daughter lie? I don't know. Mm. Ain't my daughter. <laughs> Okay. I, I, I don't understand why you wrote me without this. Mm-hmm. You got a 70-year-old man, you never had sex, and then your younger daughter came on and told you that your other daughter dated him. Mm-hmm. Okay, what? Well, what's what's happening? I, I don't know what to tell you. That's small world. Yeah, that's, I don't know. I don't know why your younger daughter would come in and talk about she dated him, and then the man said nothing inappropriate happened. And then yeah. you and the man ain't had sex. Well, what? What? Yeah. Everybody, Everybody stop hanging out at the nursing home. Sounds crazy. Wait, what, what, Junior? Junior? Everybody what? quit hanging out at the nursing home. It would sound like that. <laughs> <laughs> but that 70 dude sounds good to me because I'm 63. I'm seven years away from that. Man, I don't even feel like it, man. You don't, don't look, look like it either. It. Uh-huh. No, but I do wake up and stuff be hurting. I don't know how the hell it started. Uh-huh. And you <laughs> really don't act like it. Do you, oh, hell no, I ain't gonna ever ask that. Do all. you know you're almost that age? Because you man, don't act just, like it. Hey man, my wife used to ask me all the time, do you realize you're 50? <laughs> now, am I supposed to? But she just stopped then, didn't she? She just stopped. Yeah, all she said, because did not. And she told me the other day, she said, you ain't gonna act right. I quit, I quit asking. <laughs> all right, thank uh, you. She gave Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So, so why should her daughter lie? So, what are you saying to the? I don't know. I don't. I ain't saying nothing. I don't Mm -hmm. care. I don't know nothing about this letter. I don't don't know who this dude is. It the the question don't make no sense. Why would she lie? Who lied? About what? She's thinking her daughter is lying. Her younger daughter is lying to her that her older daughter dated the guy. I guess she's trying to figure out why would her daughter lie to her about it. You know, y'all too old for this. He's seventy. <laughs> what is Jesus. he lying for now? So at seventy, I'm not gonna ever tell a lie. At seventy. Yeah, I did it. <laughs> yeah. She gonna do. All right, we're gonna move on here. Uh, deal with you. You got to deal with your daughters. All right, Christine in Philly says I recently married a man that I met online, and we got married after dating for only five months. I'm his third wife, so I should have taken more time to get to know him. Instead, I ended up married to a man with multiple personalities. One day, he can be really happy and all in love, 
And then the next day, he might get mad at me over something petty and lock me out of our bedroom. He's made me sleep on the couch for the last time, and I'm ready to call it quits. He says this is all part of marriage, and we're still getting to know each other. Should we seek counseling, or should I leave? No, you should get the hell out of that house. This ain't counseling. It's time to escape. (laughs) This ain't got nothing to do with counseling. He done locked you out the bedroom door. This ain't counseling. His ass need help. And you need to get out for you need some type of help to get out. This ain't counseling. He has a mental disorder. You ain't you ain't got time for that. But would you bipolar, schizophrenic, something. I would suggest you get out now. Let me ask you this, Steve. Would you say something to her about marrying a man she met online and only knew for She already know that's stupid. Yeah. Yeah. I ain't got to tell her that. But she got caught up, yeah. Who think that's a good idea right now? Him, Neither him or her. Yeah. All right, yeah. <laughs> Slow down. Slow down. All right, thank you, CLO. Great advice as always. Coming up next, the nephew in the building with Run That Prank Back right after this. You're listening to the Steve Harvey Morning Show. Coming up at the top of the hour, Reverend Al Sharpton will be our very special guest. He's going to tell us about today's iconic March on Washington, 57 years later to the day. Uh, The march will take place in our nation's capital, and the theme is Get Your Knee Off Our Necks. But right now, before we get too serious... The nephew is here to make us laugh like he always does with Run That Prank Back. What you got for us, Nev? Well, Shirley, it's morning time and we need to put some makeup on and get ready for our day. Mm-hmm. Can you do my makeup? No, oh, okay. Can you harmless. do my makeup? Let's, okay, let's, I wanna, let's, 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 I wanna hear this. let's run that cat dog. Okay. Put a little makeup on. Mm-hmm. Hello? Hello, may I speak to uh, to Brandy, please? Yes, this is Brandy. Hi, Brandy. My name is Carl. I'm calling. I got a. Uh, uh, you came highly recommended. You actually, you're, you actually are. I'm, I'm sorry. Is it? Is it? I'm, I don't know if I'm saying it right. Is it makeup artist, makeup stylist. What do you, what do you call yeah. it? It's makeup artist. I'm a professional makeup artist. Okay. And you work at the. Um, you work with the makeup counter in. Correct. Okay. Listen, I got a. Uh, I got a photo shoot coming up, and I wanted to see about. Uh, Sometime this week, maybe the following week, you could actually come and and I hire you to uh, actually make me up for my photo shoot. Is, is do you do a lot of photo shoots at all? Or are you? Yes, sir. I sure do. I've been in the business for ten years, so I, I've been around several photo shoots. Okay, good deal. So, what, what's the, what, I mean, you have any time this week that I can actually just come in and we can do like a trial run or something? Yeah, um, I'll actually be here Friday for uh, about six hours. Will Friday work for you? I'm here. I start at eleven. At eleven, I mean, I could come in like maybe like around three on Friday if, if you if, can. You squeeze me in at that time. I sure can. Okay, what's what's a good? Is there a certain makeup for for men? Well, it kind of works there... out. It works out the same as for women in photo shoots. You just need some type of cream foundation, something to even out the skin tone, uh, powder you down to take away the oils, cover up any blemishes or anything like that. It's pretty much the same. Of course, you don't get the whole eyeshadow and lashes and stuff. But right, 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 make, right. You know, well, I'm not trying to get all that. But I'm just trying to, you know, just trying to look good on camera. Uh, yeah. let, let, let me ask you this. How much makeup have you done as far as um, men? You know what I mean? Yes, several. Okay. So I'm very comfortable with it. You'll be fine. Trust me. That's what I was really worried about is if you were going to be comfortable with it. Because, um, I mean, have you done, um, uh, I'm a little uh, conscientious about a few things. You know what I mean? And I, um, have, 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 you, 
how many butts have you done? I'm sorry. How, how many what? Like 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 butts. You know how many how many butts have you made up? I haven't made up any butts. Like are you like you mean like asses? Yeah, I mean because see, my no. I'm actually doing a nude photo shoot, and uh, you know I got a couple scratches and you know some old scars on my butt, and I you know like like you said I'm you know I'm a little shy about you know some of that, so I was hoping uh, you could no. actually hopefully actually make sure that those scars don't show, and you know you say you kind of um, you know uh, make sure everything is, is doesn't look oily, you know what I mean, and and. Uh, I just need to get my okay, my. No, well, but I I I did when you I didn't understand what you was talking about. I may not be the makeup artist. I don't. I'm not seriously. I'm not gonna do your. Okay, but I, I mean, we just talking about makeup, though. I mean, you know, you you're talking about. Yeah, but I'm not about to put my makeup brushes that I use on people's faces on your ass. Like, to tell your photographer to to like Photoshop that. Okay, like, okay. Who I mean, that's why I'm coming in to see you on Friday. I want you to to do everything and and make me up there in the store. So I can see what it looks like. I want to see. You were going to come into my job and make me do your. Ass. Like what are you? What planet are you? Where did you think that was going to work? You cannot come into my job. How are you going to come to my job naked? Seriously? Uh, I mean, well, I was going to wear a robe. I'm not going to just you know walk no, in there naked. No, you are naked. not. Don't you even think about coming into my job? Who referred you? Who told you, you need to delete this number? Do not. I'm not about to get this job. Well, I just need to get my done. Okay, I'm, I don't I'm want to go back doing... and forth with you. Look, why, why, is it, why is it a problem with you doing my? Why, what is the problem with you doing my butt and putting some makeup on it? Now, if I need to buy you some brushes, I'll buy you some brushes, and you can take. I don't want brushes. you to buy me anything. I don't want you coming into my job. I don't want you calling me ever again to do any kind of work. I'm coming you. in there, and I'm. And now, listen. I, I, I am I, a professional makeup artist. Clearly, you don't know what that means. So you and need if, to go if you're professional, then you will take out the part that's bothering you and do the job, lady. You know what I mean? If my I want to call on you before I get real ignorant. I'm not about to finish this conversation. Do not come into my job. Do not call me to do your ass. That's not going to happen. So, so, so I guess it's safe to go around and let people know that Brandy is not professional because you can't do parts Look, of the body. My reputation is good in the streets, boo. You can't go around and tell anybody that I'm not professional. Nobody ever called me to do their ass. Get some skincare for your ass. How about that? And then you won't need any makeup. I know you did. You're not going to sit here now and start talking about my If I told you some of my deepest secrets to let you know I want to come in there and get some makeup. Well, that's your bad for telling a stranger your deepest secrets. Okay. You know what? I'm coming up to your store anyway on Friday. All right? And I'll talk to your boss don't and let, let them know. Don't, don't let it fool you, okay? You, I will be, you heard me. Don't come in my job. Look, if I lose my job over your foolishness, I guarantee you will be paying all my bills. Okay. Bottom line is I'm coming in there with my robe on Friday. Somebody going to do my butt. You, your manager. Sir, you're not coming. You know what? How about you come up here right now? How about I go ahead and take care of the situation right now? I'm here now. Can you come I right can now? I come up there right now with my robe. I'm okay, in my well, robe now. Well, well bring, bring your butt up here right now. We'll see if your butt gets done. I'm not doing okay. it. Okay. Well, the bottom line, who is your manager anyway? Where's she at? Is she there? I am the manager. Now what? Okay. See, that's what the damn problem is. You got your little self a little position at your job. Now you're trying to throw your weight around. If, if a person wants to get their butt done, okay, look, then you see uh, uh, Avatar? Them people have makeup all on their butt, all on their back and everything. Okay, how about you call them? You call them and ask them to do your butt. Don't call me. I'm hanging up. Do not call me anymore. They are makeup artists. What are you? Look, this conversation is over. Yeah, it's over because you know what? You know, you, let me tell you something. You, do you know who you're talking to? 
Do you know who you're talking to? Do you know who you're talking to? I know who I'm talking to. I'm talking to Brandy. But do Brandy know who Brandy talking to? Clearly somebody who is ignorant. Okay. Well, let me tell you who I am. This is Nephew Tommy from the Steve Harvey Morning Show. You just got pranked by your girlfriend, Carmen. You are lying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting off the phone. I'm getting <laughs> Why y'all do that? that? That is not cool. I hope nobody's listening. You just made me act real stupid. I got you, girl. I got you, you good. You got me good. With the butt? Yeah, for real. Get you some skin care. Get some skin care to take care of them problems. <laughs> hey, I got one more thing I got to ask you. What is the baddest? And I'm talking about the baddest radio show in the land. Oh, the damn Steve Harvey morning show. <laughs> Some people need face makeup. What? Some people need ass makeup. You know Shut what I'm up, Tommy. What? <laughs> That's too bad. That, that's don't make no there sense. are some stretch marks out there, Carla. <laughs> there are some old mosquito bites. There are some things that need to be covered up. Okay? What do you yeah. look like when you take them out? See, you got to worry about these kind of things. All right, enough of this. Uh, thank you, nephew. <laughs> thank you, nephew. Coming up at the top of the hour, as promised, the Reverend Al Sharpton, right after this. You're listening to the Steve Harvey Morning Show. Our special guest is a friend of mine, a friend of our show. He's a family member. Mm-hmm. He's a reverend, a civil rights activist. He's the host of MSNBC's Polit- uh, Politics Nation and the founder of the National Action Network. Uh, as he promised at George Floyd's funeral, uh, the National Action Network has spearheaded a monumental new march on Washington that would take place today at the Lincoln Memorial. It is uh, appropriately uh, themed get your knee off our necks. Ain't that the truth? Please welcome to the show our friend, Reverend Al Sharpton. Reverend Al. Yeah. Reverend yeah. Al. Good, good morning. morning. Good morning. Reverend, good talk to you. Listen, the march today is going to uh, commemorate the anniversary of uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s I Have a Dream speech uh, in our nation's capital on uh, August 20th, 1963, exactly 57 years ago. In light of all the hate that's going on around in the world, how have you prepared uh, for today's term, to turnout today? Well, we uh, prepared uh, by telling people if they come, and, and many already here gathering, uh, that we were going to provide everybody that didn't have a face mask with a face mask, sanitized gloves, and we take everybody's temperature coming in for thousands coming uh i was amazed even last night every hotel full and as important to me steve and and family is that the families of those that have suffered are here to see this support and to stand right in the lincoln memorial on those steps to speak this later this morning right where martin luther king stood 57 years ago to say that they dream of a day that their folks their sons their daughters didn't die for nothing the family of this young man shot in the back seven times in Wisconsin, his father and mother will speak this morning. The uh, brothers and sisters of uh, George Floyd are here. The uh, mother of Breonna Taylor is here. The family of uh, the mother of Ahmed Aubrey is here. All of these uh, happened this year. And let's know we have Eric Garner's mother and Michael Brown's mother and father. And we want that photo to say 
that Dr. King had a dream that is still not realized. Here are those that have been a victim of a broken dream. We must all come together to make these dreams come true. So we don't want to just remember a speech and act like that was yesterday. We still have things to do today. And that's what everybody's here to stand with these families saying we've got to straighten out the criminal justice system. You know what, Reverend? I find it quite, it's almost chilling. 57 years ago, on the day today that we celebrate and commemorate this great march on, on, on Washington, that this is also was the last day of the uh, RNC. And this is really amazing because all of this stuff that you just mentioned that you're going to focus on, not one of those people, not there was not one speech on behalf of Black Lives Matter, not one speech on calming uh, the divisiveness in our nation. Hmm. Do, do you see, how do you see this playing out, Reverend? Well, I think it's the contrast. You know, uh, you and I down through the years have talked a lot about God. Only God could have had it where the RNC was supposed to be in Charlotte, then it moved to Florida. And then for whatever reason, they decided to move the last night to Washington. And it's the night before this march. So it's almost like we're bringing the victims to answer what they would not address. And Mm. we couldn't have planned that. Just like the the one thing I saw out of the pandemic, people ask me how uh, come the whole world got shook with with George Floyd. I said, because in the middle of the pandemic, we were all locked down, no sports on TV, nothing but the news. And we watched it to try to find out when we can get out the house. And people for the first time start seeing over and over again, this man with his knee on their neck. And a lot of white folks had never stopped to see that. And said, this is outrageous. That's why you see as many whites and blacks marching. Sometimes God can take a bad situation and make good come out of it if you just don't eat in God's way. Wow. Amen. And and you know something, Reverend, that's exactly what I'm seeing. Because after watching this Republican National Convention, watching Donald Trump find these black people, you ain't seen these many black people around Donald Trump in four years. That's right. All of a sudden, they just coming out of nowhere. And, I mean, it's it's alarming to me. Herschel Walker, the Attorney General down in Kentucky, and I, I don't I don't think this brother understands the damage he's done to himself because now yeah. we were able to put a picture, a face to the Attorney General that won't bring charges against these cops in the Breonna Taylor. I don't think this young dude realized that while he was up there talking about how we ought to be supporting Trump, it does that's got to explain your attitude. And I just saw so much about uh, uh, Blue Lives Matter, and every night they've had a different police officer. And last night they had uh, one of the uh, a police, retired police captain that got uh, killed in the protest, and I felt sorry for his wife, but that's the thing they show. They, they don't show yeah. the cause of the protest or anything no but they will not show it and they act like we're anti-police we're anti-police brutality we're not against police we're against police that break the law they act like police have the right to shoot somebody in the back seven times that had no gun nothing now they say well we think he had a knife in the car 
But a cop didn't have X-ray vision to see what was in the car. He shot him before he ever got in the car seven right. times. That boy may never walk again. Jesus. Hey, uh, Reverend Al, hold on one second. Hey, everybody, we'll be right back with more Al Sharpton. Reverend Al Sharpton, right after this. You're listening to the Steve Harvey Morning Show. All right, y'all, we're back with uh, our very own friend of the morning show, Reverend Al Sharpton. I had people at the funeral, when I did the eulogy, stand up eight minutes and 46 seconds. And people told me that watched it on TV, said, you know, I stood up and after two or three minutes, I couldn't stand no more. How did that man have the strength to just press down on that man's neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds unless he was full of hate? I mean, what gives you the energy to do that? Eight minutes and 46 seconds is a long time to be bending down on somebody. And that's what the kind of police we're against. We're not against police. The question is, where are the police above the law? That's all we're asking. They can't enforce the law if they're not going to abide by the law. Wow. See, now, Reverend, right there. Let's let's stay right there for just one second. I'm going to let you go. Because this is something I've been saying on the radio, and I'm happy you brought this up. I think the solution, one of the one of the solutions for this, first of all, the police training has to be revamped. But uh, I, I just don't understand how you having a badge gives you the right to determine whether a person lives or dies today. And if we pay you through our taxpaying dollars to uphold the law, should you not also have to be answered to the same law that you're paid to uphold. If I shoot a man seven times in the back, I already know I'm going to prison. If I choke a man to death, I know I'm going to prison. If I kill a person that I thought had a cell phone, I'm going to prison, and I know it. But the police, they don't have to live by the same laws that they're paid to uphold. Until we have mandatory police sentencing, where they get sentenced the same way civilians get sentenced, I think, man, this is crazy. I think this is crazy, brother. I know you're right. That's part of why we marched today with this George Floyd Policing and Justice Act, which says exactly that. It's already passed the House of Representatives. The Senate's got to pass it. 20 senators are up this year, and they'll see the numbers today that we're going to put people around the country saying, if you don't vote for this act, we're not voting for you. We've got to really do what we've got to do to protect ourselves. They keep talking about we need, we all have a conversation with our children. So we need to have a conversation with the country. Why do we have to explain to our children why they treat it differently? No, we need to explain to y'all that we need to have equal protection under the law. Period. Mm-hmm. End of story. Man. Yes. Reverend Al, you're absolutely best, man. Thank you so much, brother. Love uh, y'all. Good luck. Hey, man, uh, thank you very much, man. Hey, that was uh, Reverend Al Sharpton, everybody. You know, uh, the thing I enjoy about Reverend Al is he's always on point. That's right. We'll be back with more of the Steve Harvey Morning Show right after this. You're listening to the Steve Harvey Morning Show. All right, listen, how many more days left before voting? What is it now, 67 days? 68, 67, I think it's 67. Mm -hmm. Wow, I I can't believe... Shirley, can I can I can I tell these the voters? You know what, y'all? Cause we talk about it before we go on the air in the mornings, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. We yeah. talk about what we saw on TV last night. Yeah, we do. We were talking, and the Republican National Convention 
it was disheartening. It was really, really disheartening because I've never seen such a large group of people totally ignore the biggest (laughs) issue outside of coronavirus in this country today. Now, the reason coronavirus is number one, because it affects every single life, Mm -hmm. whether you want to or not. Now, Black Lives Matter is not affecting everybody's life because they don't want to. They just ignore like it's not happening. Mm -hmm. But for this to be an administration of a country and to not once acknowledge the hurt that has to be going on in our community over what's happening to our people. You know, the only person I saw even try to address it was Ben Carson. And then he messed it all up a little bit later on in his speech. I said, wow, this dude is trying to get somebody to, to, to pay attention to this. But the entire convention ignored us, man. They ignored everything about Black Lives Matter. They ignored everything about the future of us country with coronavirus. And I, y'all, we can't do this again. Mm-hmm. We've got to vote like our lives depend on it because yeah. they do. It does, and, and they stood up. And, yeah. Michelle Obama said, mm-hmm. yeah. it, "We have to have some urgency, um, you know, this coming election. Uh, we have to vote early. We have to plan for it." I keep saying that. I, I know it sounds crazy, but you got to plan for it. You got to lay your clothes out. You got to get keep there that? because no. yeah. because we do that for event. everything else that's yeah, important yeah. to us. You know, we take the time to plan. This is very important as well. We have to plan for this. I we just, really do. I just hope it's important to the younger generation. Mm-hmm. Well, but you know what, though, Tommy? Especially, huh? yeah. I'm concerned about the older people, too. I'm just concerned mm-hmm. about everybody mm-hmm. taking this thing seriously, seriously, man, because of the efforts that the Republicans are doing to suppress our vote. Mm-hmm. When they took all those mailboxes out, they took them out of uh, out of uh, uh, Democratic precincts. Mm-hmm. When they v- took all those mail sorting machines out, it was to slow the mail down. Yeah. When they condensed and shut down all those polling places, 16 to turn it into one, mm-hmm. that was to frustrate you at the polls. Yeah. Man, and, they're and, doing and, everything, y'all. You're right. That's been going on for generations, Steve. Generations. They want you to think that your vote doesn't matter. And, you know, people just feel started, like that. Right. Yeah. But, but uh, and that's if, what, if your vote doesn't matter, why are they trying so hard to Why stop? they try so yeah. hard? If it really not don't matter. For you not to vote, you got to think about these things. They your take vote it out. Matters. Mailboxes? But yes. Your vote does yes. Not matter. They're closing oh, they up polls. Yeah, they're closing polls. They're doing all kinds of stuff to suppress your vote. You matter. Your vote matters, okay? you got to get to the polls. If you have not registered, we say this every day, several times a day, go to vote411.org. Vote411.org. You can find out where your polling place is. You can find out when you can early vote and where, all of that, okay? you got to do this this year. Your life depends on it. I don't give a damn where it's at. I'm going. I don't care. I'm getting there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you have to. Hey, and listen, and we need everybody that's planning on voting to make sure all of your relatives, all of your friends, all of your neighbors are voting, man. 
This is not the time. I don't care if you live in the projects, the suburbs, the penthouses, behind gates. We have got to go vote for the the regular people out here who these policies will will affect to the point of detriment. We got to get to these polls, man. That's right. All right. Uh, Coming up next, we're going to switch gears here. Nephew Tommy is here with today's prank phone call. We'll get, get into it right after this. You're listening to the Steve Harvey Morning Show. Coming up at the top of the hour, guys, right about four minutes after, it's my strawberry letter for today, the last one of the week. The subject, (laughs) I wish his wife would leave us alone. I mean, Mm. the nerve. (laughs) The audacity. (laughs) What's she doing checking on us? Show nerve. What is going on? We'll find out in just a minute. But first, the nephew is here with today's prank phone call. What you got for us, Nev? I left my ring. Ooh. I left my ring. Cat dog, if you would. Hello? Hello, I'm trying to reach a uh, Mr. Mr. or Mrs. please. This is Mrs. Hi, my name is Dr. I'm actually trying to reach uh, your husband, Clarence. Is he is he available? I have to check. Is there a reason you're calling? Uh, well, I'm actually the uh, the surgeon that actually did the procedure on removing his gallstones. Yes. How's he doing? Is there any complications thus far? Well, no complications, according to the doctor. Okay. Yes. Well, listen, uh, there's a couple little bit of things I want to discuss with you guys and, and see if we can maybe get them rectified. Is, is, is he around? Yes, he's around. Oh, oh. Okay. May I ask what is this in reference to? Actually, Miss, actually, when we actually did the procedure on your on your husband and removing the gallstones. Yes. I will say that there was a bit of a mistake made, and I'm hoping that he can come back in so we can kind of get it rectified. You know, it, it'll be actually 30 minutes, and he'll be in and out. But actually, when I removed the gallstones, uh, and I, I'm very embarrassed to say this, I actually left my wedding ring inside your husband. You what? Uh, and I, I understand, ma'am. Would you say that again? I say I actually left my wedding ring inside your husband when I actually removed the gallstones. And I'm hoping that he'll go- come back in so I can actually take it out and, and, and he'll be on his way. Ooh, he's not going to like this. Hold on, let me see. Can I get him? Hey! What? Do you know a surgeon is on the phone? Surgeon? Yeah, he's on the phone and he's saying he left something in you. Hello, 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 Mr. Yeah. Hi, how you doing? This is Dr. I actually did the surgery on you when you were um, came in and got your gallstones removed. I, I remember you, Dr. I, I will say this, Mr. Clarence. I, I actually made a bit of a mistake when you were here, and, and my apology. I, if I can actually get you to come back in, man, I, I can get you taken care of. But and, and this is just a big mistake on my part. But when you guys came in and I removed your stones, I actually left my wedding ring inside. Inside of me? Yeah, yeah, yes, sir. Your wedding ring? That, sir, I, I, I know this is crazy, but yes, I, I, I have truly made a mistake and want to see if I can get this thing rectified and get this thing taken out. And, and I tell you, man, I've, I've been without my ring, and, and my wife is, is raising holy hell about it. Yeah. But you know something, Dr. We got a problem. What, what, what do you mean? I mean, I'm about to go back to work. I, I really can't be going back into the uh, operating room for somebody to take a ring out of me that they left, that they left by mistake. You know what I'm saying? No. Okay. 
I mean, you know, uh, I realize your wife might be upset and you need to ring, but at this point, that ring's going to have to stay where it is for a while. Sir, I, I, I can't, I honestly can't allow for that ring to, to stay there another two or three days. I, I don't think you understand exactly what I'm going through. There's no way I can allow that. Well, that. You got to go back to work. Yeah, I got to go back to work, but you know something? I mean, you know, I mean, you know, we're talking about a bad, bad, serious problem. You know, we're talking about malpractice. I mean, you know, we're talking about me taking off more time from work when I'm ready to go back. I mean, you know, we're talking lawsuit, all kind of stuff here. We need to get together. Can you hear me, Doc? No, no I, yeah, yeah, I, I, I. I right now. He needs to come over here now. Uh-oh. Okay, my wife's a little upset, too. Oh, oh, oh. I mean, you know, I, 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 I can't get back on an operating table. Sir, this won't take but seconds to actually for me to snip that thing and get that ring out of there. It won't take but a minute. I mean, you still have the same incisions there. I can go right back into where the same scar was. <laughs> and take that out and keep it moving. Go back into the same instance. You're going to operate again if you cut me open. Sir, I, I, I promise you, you won't even know I was there. I'll go in there and take that ring out just that quickly. Okay, but <laughs> but uh, let me ask you this here. My wife, my wife is about to go crazy. I'm I'm pretty, I'm pretty a pretty good guy here. But, I mean, you know, you got you left a ring in me. I mean, you know, do you all have malpractice insurance or something? Sir, we have plenty of insurance. You know, it, it, it's really more about what I'm going through at home. So I'm doing this for you? Uh, yeah, pretty much here at this point. I mean, no one actually from the hospital actually knows that I'm actually calling you. Wow. You know, I mean, that's a big, big problem. You said something about malpractice. No, I didn't say anything about malpractice. You guys actually said that. I didn't say anything. Okay. Now, let me. My, oh, my. I said it's malpractice. Okay. Hold on now, Doris. Hold on. Uh, well, now, let me ask you this here. Every time I've heard of somebody leaving something inside of somebody, you know, it usually end up being a situation where it sets up infections and stuff. Well, that's that's 18 karat gold. That's not going to infect you at all. Yeah, I understand what you're saying, but good grief. I mean, I I just I mean, I didn't even want to do the first surgery, but I didn't have any choice. You know what, Mr. I, I'll be honest with you. I've tried to talk to you and be patient with you. If I got to come over and put some chloroform up against your nose and knock you out in order to perform this procedure to get my ring, then damn it, that's what I got to do. Oh, oh, hold on now, Doc. What I'm supposed to be doing while you're doing that. Did you hear that? Did you hear what he said? Yeah, just get him. Come on over. I got something for you. Come on. You know I'm not going to stand for these threats, Doc. You know, that's your problem with your ring. Now, you know, up until now, everything was cool. Now you got a big problem. I tell you, it is here. I'm at home right now. You're at home with my ring. You got my ring. You can come get it right now. Yeah. You're waiting on. Okay. Now, I don't, I don't have a problem coming right over there to get my ring because I, want, I need my ring back. Let's do it. Come on over. And I'll be waiting for you, too. You out of your mind? We got something for you, Doc. Hey, listen. I don't care what the both of you are doing. The bottom line is that you have my ring. I got your ring. You just told me I had it, didn't you? It's inside of me. Where it's going to stay. Sir, I'm not going to continue to go back and forth with you. You're not going to continue to do anything because you come over here, I'm going to take you out. You've already threatened to come over here and put chloroform to my nose, knocking me out to go in the side of my body. You come over here, Doc, you got problems. Now, tell you what, I don't want any problems out of your wife or out of you, you about a simple out, procedure right that's only going to take 30 minutes that. and everybody will be happy after that. You won't make it back home. Caprando? I understand everything you say. I got one more thing I need to say to the both of you all. Are you listening to me? I'm listening. Is, is Doris listening? No, not really, because I've already tuned you out. Well, here's the last thing I need to say to you. This is Nephew Tommy from the Steve Harvey Morning Show. Y'all just got pranked by y'all niece, Peaches. What? Hear that? Hear that? I be damn. <laughs> Nephew Tommy. <laughs> Nephew Tom, is that you? This is me, man. <laughs>
Nephew, did you hear that? Nephew Thomas. Hey, Nephew Thomas. Yeah. I still got your ring. You got my ring. <laughs> I'm an old man. You're messing with my heart talking about going back inside of my body. <laughs> all right, let me let me let me speak to Miss Dodge. Yes. Miss Dodge, you alright? Yes, I'm fine. <laughs> hey, Miss Dodge, I got one more thing to ask. What is the baddest radio show in the land? The Steve Harvey Morning Show. <laughs> With Matthew Tuck. She doesn't come sound on. tough at all. You come on over here. It'll be your okay. last time. We're going to take you out. Fun, yeah. <laughs> I love that one. You play too Are much. Are you listening? Not really, because I didn't uh. tell you out a while ago. <laughs> you say, hold on. Hold on. Hold on, Doris. Wait a minute. Wait hold, a minute. On now, Doris. <laughs> hold on now, Doris. Hold on now, Doris. Oh my God, that was funny! That was so cute. Uh, that was really funny. Oh Her man. voice made it. Doris's voice. That high pitch, man. Yes, man. yes. You can come on over here if you want to. Wait a oh, minute. He man. left something in you. <laughs> he said he had to come I over. Here. He left know. something in you. Hold on. Hello. Hey, you know, man, I'm a, I'm a pretty good fella, but uh, I got to go back to work. He's got to go back to work. See in the background with that. He yeah. getting out this house. He's he going back to work. <laughs> he said, oh, I was oh, oh, wait a minute, Doc. You was doing good till you started hollering at me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you going to put chlorophyll up against my nose and cut me open. Uh, I tell you right now, no come over here. You, you going to have some problems. <laughs> come over here. You ain't going to leave. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, nephew. Love it, love it, love it. Coming up next, the strawberry letter subject. I wish his wife would leave us alone. We'll get into that right after this. You're listening to the Steve Harvey Morning Show. Coming up at 46 minutes after the hour, ESPN, Stephen A. Smith will be our special guest. He's going to talk about, you know, the black athletes leading the charge toward racial justice. But right now, it is time for today's Strawberry Letter. And if you need advice on relationships, dating, work, sex, parenting, and more, please submit your Strawberry Letter to steveharveyfm.com and uh, click that Submit Strawberry Letter button, and we could be reading your letter just like we're going to read this one live right here today. That's right. Yeah. Buckle up and hold on tight. We got it for you. Here it is, the Strawberry Letter. Thank you, nephew. Subject, I wish his wife would leave us alone. (laughs) Dear Stephen Shirley, I'm a 40-something single female, and my boyfriend is 69 years old. When we first started dating, he was my sugar daddy, and he paid my mortgage, my car note, and sent me on vacation several times a year. But it wasn't all of the money or the gifts that got me so hooked on him. Dot, dot, dot. It was the sex. This man is the best I've ever had, and he does not need any enhancements to get aroused. We've been together for five years, so I was shocked when he carelessly left his phone at home recently. He was at my house and we were watching a movie when his wife called me to let me know he had left his phone at home. She told me that she hopes I was enjoying him because it would be the last time I was going to see him. I put him on the phone and he sat quietly while she cursed him out and then he left. The next day, his wife called to see if he was at my house because he told her he was going to the car wash. I told her he was at the car wash getting my Lexus washed that he pays for. She hung Mm. up. Mm -hmm. Mm. That really got him in hot water with her, and he told me he couldn't see me anymore. 
Why did I have to go there with his wife? Because now she's messed my relationship. She messed up my relationship with him. They have been married for 38 years, so he's tired of her. He told me that she let herself go over the years and won't have sex with him, so why block his happiness? She's called a few more times to ask how long we've been together and if he ever said he loves me. I told her to leave us alone and let us be. It's been three weeks since I've seen him, but he still calls or texts us daily. Should I move on or wait for him to come back to me? <sighs> what do you want from us, really? You've been dating and, and having an affair with a married man for five years, and in your mind, regardless if he had a wife or kids or whatever, uh, you've been having a great life with your sugar daddy. You know, he pays your bills, your, your mortgage, your rent, your car note send you on trips, all of that. Uh, and, and then here she comes, wifey, with her worrisome behind, calling, <laughs> bothering you guys and stuff. I mean, the nerve of her, right? They've only been married for 38 years. Who does she think she is? Who does she think she is? She's just the wife. I mean, really. Uh, I, I think that's your stank, disrespectful, entitled attitude. Do I have that right? Uh, you ask us. Uh, yeah. Super you stank. ask us. <clears throat> you ask us. Should you move on or wait for him to come back to you? Well, it's been three weeks. Hmm, he calls in Texas, but it doesn't sound like he's coming back. <clears throat> not anytime soon, anyway. And whether he does or not, I, I don't really care because I, I just don't like how cold and unsympathetic you were to his wife when she called. I, I just think that was wrong of you. I mean, you know how the game goes. You are the side piece. I don't care. You've been the side piece for five years. So because she didn't, you know, uh, stay in her lane, you... And, and called you and everything. You got mad and went in on her, and then you got him in trouble, so you lost him. I mean, you, I think you lost your man. You lost him in the great sex and all that, so that's it. I, I don't care if, you know, whatever. Whatever. Steve? <laughs> <laughs> okay, Shirley. I'm really, I mean, uh, really I'm she... kind of with Shirley on this. I, I, wh what do you want us to say? Huh. Everything in this letter wrong. Ain't no right. That there ain't no right in the letter, but from the okay. Beginning. From the beginning. I'm 40 single female. My boyfriend's 69. Right there. Woo. Right there. That's 30 yeah, years. That's wrong. That's 30 years. 30. 30. 30 year difference. I can almost promise you he ain't got 30 years now. <laughs> <laughs> you wrong for that. I, I, you know, put a time limit on it. Just if I'm a gambling man. It'll be 99. Odds don't say he going to get there. All right. He was your sugar daddy, paid for everything. Then you trying to tell us well, what you got him so hooked on you was the sex. Y'all been dating for five years according to this letter. So he started at 64. He's 69. All right. He don't use no male enhancers, whatever, five years. He then he left his phone at home recently. You know why? Because he's 69. Mm. His old ass forgot it. <laughs> he drove out that damn house. That, this is the beginning of where this relationship is headed. Oh, it starts with leaving the phone. Oh, boy. Then he going to forget where he left his car. Uh-oh. <laughs> then he ain't gonna remember where you stay. <laughs> then he gonna lose and forget his wife's name. It's called dementia. And he damn near headed there. And oh. it starts with the phone. Mm -mm. I'm just telling you now. All right? Okay. 
you know, watching the movie. Then, you know, he doesn't end. We've been together five years. So I was shocked when he carelessly left his phone at home. It, I'm telling you, he forgot. He was at my house. Y'all watching the movie. His wife called me to let me know he done left the phone at home. She told me that she hopes I was enjoying him because it's going to be last time you see him. Then you put him on the phone. He sat there quietly while she cussed him out. He took it like a man. Mm-hmm. And then he left. Next day, his wife called to see if he was at my house. Because he said he was going to wash the car. Mm-hmm. I was going to close this show. Part two of Steve's response coming up at 23 minutes after the hour. I wish his wife would leave us alone. We'll get back into it right after this. You're listening to the Steve Harvey Morning Show. All right, Steve, come on. Let's recap today's Strawberry Letter. Subject, I wish his wife would leave us alone. 69 years old, she 40. 30-year difference, Dan. Mm. All right. His sex is great. He buys stuff. Car, payment, rent, mortgage, everything. Everything going good. Now this 70 started to catch up with his ass. He getting careless now. He leaving stuff. He start with leaving stuff. Then next thing you know, he's going to be peeing on himself. It's all it's all just coming together what for him now. In the world? I'm just letting her know that's what's coming now. He's sitting that's up in here and he, he start with he leaving stuff. He would left his phone at the house. Y'all sitting up watching the movie. His wife called you and said, I hope you enjoyed him because this is the last time you was going to see him. You put him on the phone. He sat there quietly while she cussed him out. Then he got him left. Mm-hmm. Now, the next day, after he left, his wife called to see if he was at my house because he told her he was going to the car wash. Now, she needs your help. Because she old, too. <laughs> now, she needs your help tracking his old ass because both them got dementia and trying to work through it. Now, calling you at your house, I told her he was at the car wash getting my Lexus watch that he pays for. Mm-hmm. She hung up. I hate that. What, why'd you tell her that? Yeah. You stupid. <laughs> Lady, you stupid. You don't even know how to play the game. That really got him in hot water. And he told me he couldn't see you anymore. Why did I have to go there with his wife? Because now she messing up my relationship with him. They've been married 38 years, so he tired of her. He told me she left her to go. She, he, she, excuse me. He told me that she left, let herself go over the years and won't have sex with him. So why block his happiness? Now, she done called you a few more times to ask how long we the better because she need information because she don't know how to go on Facebook or nothing. Because <laughs> she old. I'm telling you, these old people swinging on each other. Eventually, this is going to lead to a fight, and y'all, this going to be the slowest fight I've ever seen. Film it for us, please. <laughs> he never said he loves me because he don't. He love her. I told her to leave us alone and let us be. Uh, wait a minute. Can I, can, I, can I tell you something? Side pieces don't make the rules. You called her and told her to leave us alone. I'm going to tell you why, how it's working. It's been three weeks since you've seen it. You know why? She told you. She told you the time before. 
enjoy him now, cause this the last time you gonna see him. Right. Guess what your letter say? It's been three weeks since I seen him. Otis can't take his ass over your house no more. Is that is Clara. Yeah, cause Clara told him he could. Clara. Clara. Otis can't come over there no more, cause. Clara told him, you're not going over Shamika's house no damn more. <laughs> you got a young ass name because you 40, so you Shamika. Uh-huh. But Clara and Otis, <laughs> see O'Neal. Oh, my God. Should okay. I move on and wait for him to come back to me? Come, come back come to back. you. Come lady, didn't you hear the lady say he ain't coming over there no more? Didn't you not say it's been three weeks since you seen him? Yeah. Do you not understand the side pieces don't make rules? <laughs> Side pieces don't make no rules. Wow. No, the man tells you the rules that his wife done laid out for him. You can go play poker on Wednesday nights. That's your night. Hmm. Mm. But Steve, I gotta, yes, I gotta ask you about this. Oh, I can't wait to answer. 69, that's uh-huh. how old he is. Uh-huh. She didn't, she, she loved the sex with no enhancements yeah. to get aroused? Yeah, that's possible. That, that's, okay. That's oh, it's some men don't need nothing. Okay. Yeah. So that's real. So that's she's very true. all that. Mm-hmm. Or she done had some sorry ass sex. <laughs> she just she's only two options. <laughs> yeah, she's only two options. She doesn't know what. Oh, uh, yeah. Or she done had some real bad sex before and think this is it. Uh-huh. That could happen, too. Depending on who you've been with. But I'm telling you right now, these old people right here, he going through some things. He can't come back over there. Mm-mm. You guys are done. That's it. Move yeah, on. Yes, over. That's a wrap. Yeah, that's done. Because this who going to go to the tape with him because he know he old. See, you you just you were just sitting over here. You just saw the phone missing. She know everything. <laughs> he walk in rooms, forget why he went in there. <laughs> He's sitting up there watching TV, ain't got no drawers on. Otis, go in there and put your pajamas on. Oh, I ain't even know it. <laughs> See, she and she been with this man 38 years. Uh, he been uh-huh. sick. She done took care of him. Uh-huh. You're not finna get her. How, much, how much medicine he got on the nightstand, though? Oh, you can't even see the top. That's what I like right there. That nightstand loaded pocket. He got three different kind of eyeglasses. Yes, sir. One for reading books, one for just looking, and one one for reading prescriptions. (laughs) All right, well, listen. Post your comments on today's Strawberry Letter at Steve Harvey FM on Instagram and Facebook. Don't forget to check out the Strawberry Letter podcast on demand, too. Coming up at 46 minutes after the hour, our friend ESPN Stephen A. Smith is coming up to talk about black athletes leading the charge for racial justice right after this. You're listening to the Steve Harvey Morning Show. Hey, y'all, listen, listen. Uh, Our good friend is back with us this morning. He is the star of ESPN's First Take, Mm -hmm. my favorite sports show on earth. And he uh and he's also the star of the Stephen A. Smith show on ESPN radio. Yeah. Well, we want to get his first take on what promoted the NBA boycott, what resolution the players have come to since the outset of the boycott. He's gonna give us a little insight on what's going. I don't have to ask him nothing. He's gonna give it to us. Ladies and gentlemen, my dog, the one and only. Oh, make a sci-fi. 
Stephen A. Smith. That's for Tommy. Stephen A. Welcome Good back. Morning, what, what's going on? What's going on? It's wonderful to hear from y'all. I hope y'all and y'all loved ones are all great during these crazy times. I want to make one correction, Steve. I gave up my radio show a few months ago. I negotiated a new multi-year deal uh, that calls for me not just to be on the air, but to executive produce content for ESPN Plus uh, through my through my production company as well that I just jump started. Uh, so Go ahead, Stephen. I'm going a different direction. Go ahead, Stephen. Congratulations. Get your yeah. That's Stephen called Pimpin' the Game. That's called the Exit Plan. Yeah. That's, what, that's what that is. You hiring? Oh, that's yeah. what you <laughs> Not yet. Not yet, but if I start winning, more I will. All right. Well, Stephen A., give it to us, man. What's going on with the NBA boycott? Well, they're How back. you feel well, about well, it? Well, the, well, the NBA players are back. Uh, they met Thursday, and they've elected to continue the season uh, and play the games. Uh, what happened was is that the Milwaukee Bucks, because of the sh- uh, the, the shooting of uh, Mr. Jacob Blake in Kenosha, uh, Wisconsin, uh, it was right near Milwaukee, and the Milwaukee Bucks felt uh, a lot of pressure uh, to really, really uh, respond to it. They were appalled, obviously, as most of us, if not all of us, were by the shooting of yet another unarmed black man. And so they wanted to speak up. Where people got a bit confused is that when the Milwaukee Bucks decided not to play, they didn't coordinate with anyone because they weren't asking anyone to join them. They felt so compelled to do something that the Milwaukee Bucks were going to forfeit their playoff game to the Orlando Magic just to make a statement on behalf of the shooting. What happened is Orlando found out about it, obviously, and they decided to join the Milwaukee Bucks. Houston and OKC were supposed to play later that afternoon. They decided to join the Milwaukee Bucks. And the Lakers and the Portland Trailblazers found out about it, and they were going to be the nightcap, and they decided to join the Milwaukee Bucks. In the aftermath of all of that, there was a meeting that took place at 8 p.m. on Wednesday evening. Hey, Stephen A., hold tight. Hold tight right there, man. We'll be back with more Stephen A. Smith right after this. You're listening to the Steve Harvey Morning Show. All right, we're back with my main man, friend, and family, uh, Stephen A. Smith. A lot of players were arguing amongst one another in terms of where do we go from here. And that was the thing that frustrated the hell out of LeBron James because he has this more than a vote movement that he's got going on, really trying to push people to the polls and to get them to make sure they vote and that their vote counts. So he's been pushing that. So he doesn't like the fact that there there appeared to be no plan, no coordinated plan of action, those things of that nature. And he ultimately ended up storming out of the room. When he stormed out of the room on Wednesday night, What happened was before he departed, all 30 teams voted on whether or not the season should continue. All but two elected to play. The two teams that said we don't want to play, we don't want to continue with the season was the Los Angeles Clippers and the Los Angeles Lakers. And their mentality is we're the two prohibitive favorites. LeBron is an iconic figure in this game. And in my estimation, if LeBron and the Lakers weren't playing and Kawhi and the Clippers weren't playing, you have thereby delegitimized the NBA playoffs because whatever champion is crowned, nobody for one second is going to believe that that is a legit championship. The NBA recognized this 
And the NBA was up in the tizzy because on one hand, they've already lost billions of dollars because the season of pandemic stalled the season. Number two, they dedicated 200 plus million dollars to build the bubble for these guys to play in where everything was okay and the players had collectively bargained and agreed to do this. And thirdly and more importantly, the owners were saying to me, Stephen A., the league was saying to me, Stephen A., team executives were saying to me, Stephen A., what are we supposed to do? We understand what they're feeling. We, we, we can't possibly put ourselves in the shoes of young black men. The flip side to it is that we, the league, have not, we, we've been their partners. We've been their supporters. We support Black Lives Matter. We support their positions. We support them speaking out. We've committed $300 million over the next 10 years to various social justice causes. We've done all of this. Why are they taking this action when all it's going to hurt is their pockets and clearly our pockets when we're in this together to try to overcome what's going on out here in the streets of America with law enforcement officials and black men. What are we supposed to do? So that's the turmoil that's been going on over the last 36 hours or so, but ultimately they met. Um, and the players agreed to go back to work and continue these playoffs. It's expected, not it's not etched in stone, it's not official yet, but the playoffs are scheduled to, are expected to resume, rather, this Saturday, uh, first game being the Toronto Raptors versus the Boston Celtics, and then we'll all go from there. I get it now. You know now what? I, I thought, I, well, I mean, well explained. Of course, none of us knew this. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Um, it. I, I do think that when Milwaukee... What I didn't know was how it started. Milwaukee was willing to forfeit their game. Correct. And that would have given uh, the other team, what was it, Orlando? Yeah, yeah. Uh, They were down down 3-1 in the series. It would have made it 3-2. Yeah. Orlando would have had a victory, right? Yes, correct. But they joined in, which I thought was like super of the rest of the league. And I'm glad they canceled those games for the day. They made a really, really valid point. And I think message well taken. And so now at this point, it's where do we go from here? I think we just got to get back to the business of voting right now. I was very surprised when you said that the two teams that didn't want to play was the Clippers and the Lakers. And, you know, but LeBron is is an activist too, man. Yeah. And and, and, and a real important voice out there. So, yes. but, he, but, you know, let's let's just get people to the polls from here, man. I thought, well, you got to get them to the polls. Come. You got to get them to the polls. There's no question about that. We understand how important this election is. Uh, there is no denying that. The flip side to it is that I've been on the players to make sure that you have a plan along the way. And and you've asked that question, and I've asked that question, and here's the reason why. Oh, boy. Hold on. Hold on, Stephen A. Right there. We'll be right back. Hold on, man. We'll be right back with more Stephen A. Smith right after this. You're listening to the Steve Harvey Morning Show. We back. You know who's here. It's Stephen A. Smith. Him. There it is. <laughs> when the NBA asks, what do you want us to do? What can we do? You have to have an answer to that question. They've already dedicated $300 million. They've de- they plan on dedicating even more. Where do you want the money to go? 
What purpose do you want it to serve? Are you right. interested in addressing Congress so federal legislation can be enacted to make it a federal hate crime to for, 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 for police officers to shoot unarmed black men or unarmed men, period? What else do you want? Do you want us to address the state legislature? Do you want us to address, to address uh, local officials? What exactly is it that you want done? Because you have to have a plan. And then when you're the owners, you have, we also have to appreciate the fact that this is a very, very fair question to ask. We also have to understand that we can't disseminate a message that all police officers are bad. We just have to encourage those police officers who are fulfilling their duties to protect and serve to hold the rogue officers accountable and assist in holding the rogue officers accountable. So if you do that kind of stuff, that's, that's what it comes down to for me. And the other thing is, is that, again, I don't know of any black movement that has never involved economic empowerment. I got you. I wish we played chess instead of checkers sometimes. And unfortunately, we don't do that enough as a community, and that is what bothers me. Ladies and gentlemen, Stephen Ooh. A. Smith. Well said. Hey, Stephen A. Smith, we love you, boy. Appreciate love you. Love y'all. Y'all take it easy. All, right. All right, coming up more of the Steve Harvey Morning Show right after this. You're listening to the Steve Harvey Morning Show. All right, Stephen A., you, you pull back the curtain. The light bulbs is on. We know what's happening now. Tell us a little bit more, man. You do understand that they would have, the players would have been in violation of the collective bargaining agreement in the event that these games not continued. Because there's nowhere in the collective bargaining agreement that says you should stop play because of social injustice. A police officer killing an unarmed black man is not the responsibility of the National Basketball Association. If that was a reason or any kind of social injustice that's taking place outside that umbrella, if that's all it takes for you to postpone or, or dare I say, cancel a season, then the NBA owners were arguing, we can reach all the agreements in the world. But a black man could get shot in November while being unarmed and cuffed by a police officer. You trying to tell me we have to worry about our season being canceled then? Players have to be ready to answer questions like that, particularly when you're in the throes of an 11-plus billion-dollar agreement with owners who all have lost, collectively have lost in excess of $2 billion and counting. The players themselves The players themselves have lost hundreds of millions of dollars already, and had they elected not to go back and play, they would have lost hundreds of millions more because the owners would have came to them and said, these are losses we've accrued. This is what we project we will lose next season in light of your actions. And as a result, since we are partners, you share in this loss. It is a 50-50 split of basketball-related income. We want our money. And that's what the players were facing. Well, that clearly the answer is the part that, we don't know right Hey, what about that? But I'm, I still uh, respect what they did. I still absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. We respect where they're coming from. Of course yes. we do. And, and by the way, we support them. I don't yes. think any black person should fail to support them because they're fighting for us. 
Right. The reality right. of the situation is any of us could get pulled over by law enforcement officials and find ourselves shot. But while we do so, it's also important that everybody recognize, everybody ain't Stephen A., everybody ain't Steve Hawk. The average Joe out there does not make up 1% of the population. And as a result of understanding that, we also have to understand that we can't disseminate a message that all police officers are bad. Okay? So there are black police officers, there are Latino police yes. officers, there yes. are white police officers. So you can't can't castigate everybody. We just have to encourage those police officers who are fulfilling their duties to protect and serve to hold the rogue officers accountable and assist in holding the rogue officers accountable. So if you do that kind of stuff, that's that's what it comes down to for me. Ladies and gentlemen, Stephen Ooh. A. Smith. Thank you, Stephen A. Coming up, our last break of the day and some closing last remarks. Last break of the day. And some closing <laughs> remarks from the one and only Steve Harvey at 49 Minutes After, right after this. You're listening to the Steve Harvey Morning Show. All right, Steve, here we are. Last break of the day. Last break <laughs> of the day. Again, 67 days now until the November 3rd election. But by November 3rd, we already... We we already want to have voted, okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I mean, That's we right. want right. yeah. to early early vote. have our votes in mm-hmm. by that time, early. okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But go to vote411.org, get registered, find out where you can early vote, and um, you know, wait it out. Wait a minute. Do, do your you part. Want me to sing it? Yeah. Come on. Mm. Come on. You are about to lose your job. Get this dance. <laughs> you about to lose your job. Get this dance. Pack all yeah. some boxes, get all that. I'm gonna need you to get all that. Take y'all a while to get him out of there, though. Y'all know that, don't you? And I agree with you, Tommy. I think he's gonna, gonna throw a tantrum. Out, no. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like a kid yeah. in a grocery store. He can throw a tantrum. Out. But when that, you gonna find out that the U.S. military got more power than you think. Like, Wait till they send the National Guard for you. <laughs> you. <laughs> I love it. I love it, Tommy Man. Jr. Yeah. yeah. That was gonna happen. Yeah, but don't let's we can't get complacent. Don't underestimate anything. Mm-hmm. Just do your part and get out and vote, please. And take some people yes, with Lord. you, like we were talking earlier. Take some people with you to the polls. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. yeah. Steve, you ready? Good. You ready you know, for your uh, Yeah. I wanna uh say something that I've been saying, but I have something since we like to watch uh movies and stuff. I would like for everybody to, on Netflix this weekend, I would like for you to meet this thing on Netflix called Meet the Trumps, from immigrant to president. It's a special on Netflix called Meet the Trumps, from immigrants to president. I want you to watch this special. So this is really, really important for everybody to watch this special. But if you are a minority, when you see this, if you can tell me that this special is a lie, you can vote for Donald Trump. But if you can watch this special on Netflix, Trump's From Immigrants to President, and you can see where they can back up what they're saying, and you can still vote for him, something's wrong with you. 
So I'm asking everybody, since you like watching stuff, and most of us are still quarantined and playing, practicing social distancing, just watch it on Netflix. I rest my case. I am trying to find every way to get people to get to these polls because I do not want you to miss the significance of this election. This election, the way we showed up for Barack Obama, we really need that type of turnout, man. I don't know if we can get it, but I think we can get really, really close. But the numbers that did not vote last time with Hillary Clinton against him, that's unacceptable. What happened in Philly? What happened in Michigan? What happened in Wisconsin? What happened in Florida? What happened in Georgia? It cannot happen again. This is a very, very important election, people. It's important for the common man. It's important for the working man, working person, working woman. It's important for those who are affected by policy, which is 95% of the country. You have to vote. You have to get in there and stop this foolishness that's going on. I was so sick of the Republican National Convention trying to show all these black people like they've been there the whole time. And if you look in the scope of thing, it wasn't many at all. It's just where all of a sudden did they come from? Now, I felt such a pain for the family that lost their father, who was a retired police officer that went down to the store in St. Louis to go and look on their friend's store. I felt so much pain for that family. I really, really did. That was tragic what happened. It really, really was because that family didn't deserve that to happen. But what I also watched was how they made it all about the policemen. They made it all about themselves. And they made it all about that flag. And they turned all of the protesters, they turned all of them into rioters, looters, and unlaw-abiding citizens. They never mentioned the peaceful protest and what had all the people in the streets in the beginning. It is sad, man, the way this Republican National Convention was run. How they ignored the deaths, all the families that have been affected. 180,000 people in this country dead. And they kept saying his quick response to coronavirus was the slowest response of any nation, which is why we're in the position we're in today. His lack of leadership and not having mandatory shutdowns and having some form of plan from the government as to what we should do, that's why we're in the position we're in. Folks, we have to vote. We have to get to the polls. And we have to prove the one way for sure that they'll get the message that black lives do matter when we show them that black lives count at the polls. I bet you then they'll think they matter. See, once you take them out of office, remove them from their position of power, they will then understand black lives not only matter, black lives count. Vote. Vote411.org. 
I don't want nobody not voting this year. Nobody. For all Steve Harvey contests, no purchase necessary, void where prohibited. Participants must be legal U.S. residents at least 18 years old unless otherwise stated. For complete contest rules, visit steveharveyfm.com. You're listening to the Steve Harvey Morning Show. 